Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. friends, and welcome back to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Porter, and you're listening to episode 84. Oh my gosh, what an incredible last, I would say, six months. <laughs> it has been. 2021 was definitely a challenge in many, many ways for all of us, but I have to say that working on this book project for riding through it has made the end of 2021 absolutely phenomenal. And today was very special. I received my first copies of the book and so did so many of the other authors. And I, there's something about this one that just makes my heart so happy and makes me so proud. I've watched so many of the authors share their videos and their their photos of the first time they saw the book, of the first time they signed the book, and it's incredible. This has been such an amazing experience, and I just want to talk just briefly about what riding through it actually means. What do we mean when we use the term riding through it and why is it such an important title for this book? I also want to share with you our final author interview with Teresa LaFrance. You have to just meet this woman. She is so phenomenal and you get a real life look at who Teresa is during her interview because life doesn't get put on hold for things like Zoom calls, uh, especially when you have children. So I cannot wait for you to hear this final interview. And then lastly, for the podcast today, I'm going to talk about something that's very close to my heart. And I will also be giving you a little bit of a farewell just over the Christmas holidays. And uh, I'll let you know when I'm getting back up and running. Oh, one other thing. I also, if you don't listen to the Canada Horse Podcast, then this will be news to share with you. I'll share with you some exciting news about uh, an amazing event that my co-host of Canada Horse Podcast and I were invited to in February of 2022. So 2021 ended on a ridiculously good note and I feel like 2022 is going to start off on one that I don't know how it could be better, but it kind of feels like it's going to be big. So all right, let's get started with just talking about what 
does riding through it really mean? For me, riding through it, it has a whole lot less to do with riding as much as it has to do with the horses that touch our lives being part of the reason that we're able to get through what we get through, being who we are and where we are on the other side. So when you read this book, you'll notice that, and I've, I've spoken about this so much, and I'm so grateful for you to listen to me speak so much about this book because I'm telling you, I know that if you haven't read it, it might be getting a little long-winded and I apologize for that, but my excitement is beyond for this book and I just honestly, uh, I appreciate you listening. So you will have heard that, you know, each author's very individual, their story is very individual and it's not all about riding. There's people who do groundwork with their horses. There's people who do equine-assisted therapies. It's just about the horses helping shape us to become who we are or help us to be able to navigate life's challenges and get to the other side, having learned lessons, having come to appreciate or at least have a perspective that allows us to have insight and and get to the other side feeling hopeful rather than defeated. And it's just, it's an honor to be able to not only work with these women who have shown me just over and over again what riding through it truly means, but also to... To be a part of them sharing a story that will touch someone else, that will allow someone else to feel less alone, will allow someone else to feel a spark of hope. We received one of our first reviews today, and it was kind of a partial review because she said she's not entirely finished the book, but I believe she's about halfway through it based on one of the chapters that she um that she spoke directly about in the review and i'm telling you i have read the review the writer posted it on her blog called beautiful mustang and i have read it twice and i have not made it through reading without crying it the way she describes how the book impacted her as a reader I have, I have goosebumps just speaking about this literally from my head to my toes because how she described this book affecting her is exactly the reason why I wanted to bring ladies together and I shouldn't even say ladies, equestrians together to write this book. These stories are powerful and we all have them. None of us are special in the sense that I picked these special stories. I picked incredible women who are willing to share their story and show up. But we all share these stories. We all have these stories. And the rest of the world, not just equestrian world, needs to hear them. Because in sharing and hearing these stories, we are healed just a little bit. We are seen. We are heard. And it's just, it's amazing. 
Okay, so that's riding through it. I'm going to share with you right now the final riding through it interview, and then I will carry on with the remainder of this episode. All right, so we have our last author, and it's not because we've gone through all of the authors, but the last voluntary equestrian author for riding through it. But I really appreciate you joining me here today, Teresa. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. All right. So why don't you just start with who you are, where you're from, and any horses that you currently have? My name is Teresa LaFrance. I'm a stay-at-home mom of three kids from Hinton, Alberta. And currently, I actually only have our Welsh pony because Zena, my mare um, that I talk about in our story, I actually just sold her yesterday. What? Yeah. So that's, it's kind of weird because like my story has her in it and then not long after I'm selling her, but um, after like a year of trying to make things work with her, I just finally decided that, you know, we're not working. This partnership isn't what it should be for both of us. Um, so I finally, it was a really hard decision to make. Many tears were shed, but yeah, so she's going to a new home probably tomorrow if things go well. Well, good for you for making the right choice for you. A lot of people have a difficult time and then they end up dragging that decision out. And it's a really tough one to make, like you said, but you know, you know, when you know, and sometimes much like people, they are not for us. And, and part of our equestrian journey is discovering how to be able to get them and let them go. Yeah. So yeah. you the have letting go is definitely harder than the getting. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, and yeah. it's never, it de- never gets any easier to be honest, even if you buy them to sell them, it's, it's so still hard. a challenge. <laughs> So you have a Welsh pony right now. Yeah. Are you now on the hunt? Are you going to take a little bit of time? Yeah, I'm officially looking now. Like I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to take my time, but definitely keeping my eye out now. I've been doing it for a while, but um, the market's a little crazy right now. So we'll the see. market is crazy. It's kind of like trying to buy a house right now. Yeah. What are you looking for? And Kate, just like Cole's notes version of what you're looking for. You never know somebody who's listening might actually have the perfect horse for you. Yeah, it's true. Um, mostly just a horse that I can like feel super safe and comfortable on, like, you know, no silly business as much as a horse can't. Um, and yeah, just to do some trails on, take my kids on trails. Um, I would like to, you know, dabble in like maybe some gym canna once in a while, once I feel confident enough, but um, mostly just a really safe, sane horse that I can like become friends with and have fun and just be my de-stress and not add stress. Yeah. Okay. So that sounds, that sounds doable. That sounds like there's lots of those beautiful uh, safe horses out there. We just have to take our time and look for them. So if you're listening and you have one that's available, maybe reach out to Teresa and let her know what you have. And Teresa's in Canada. So it's probably easier right now with the market to buy from Canada. Yeah. Probably specifically Alberta too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So at what age would you classify yourself as an equestrian? Oh boy. I would probably say officially when I was about 24, that's when I actually was able to have riding lessons and stuff. Growing up, my grandparents did give us a couple of little ponies and I was by that age, I think I was like 
13 at the time. So I was much too big for them. Um, but I gave my little sibling like lots of pony rides on those ponies and stuff. And um, the gelding that they had given us was actually not a gelding after <laughs> all. <laughs> and so we ended up with a few baby ponies along the way. Um, so I kind of dabbled in trying to halt or break them and stuff like that. But we had no opportunity for any um, knowledgeable person to help us. So it was all just for me reading books and, and uh, watching shows and stuff. I didn't have access to YouTube at the time either. So right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I officially started taking lessons when I was 24, when my uh, oldest daughter was um, six months old. So I took lessons probably for, I don't know, like six months. And then I got pregnant with my second daughter. So I I took lessons until 20 weeks and then I stopped and then some health problems after her birth. I didn't start riding again until 2019. And then I officially jumped in. That was after my son was born and yeah, took lessons consistently. And then up to last fall was when I like decided to buy my first horse. And that's kind of when my story in the book like yeah. takes place. So. Oh, it's, it's so good. I love hearing people choosing to honor their their desire to be a horse person as they become an adult because they're just saying like, okay, well, I've always wanted this. And, and from someone who like, I've had horses since I was little and yeah. now I'm an adult, I can see the challenges that would be presented with that. So I really respect when that, uh, when that take, takes place. So you've kind of given us a little bit of an introduction, but let's just have a brief description of your chapter without giving away too much. Too much. Uh, I know that the listeners can probably hear some little people in the background here. Yes. And I think it suits your story very well. So we will, uh, we'll just go brief into that. Okay. Um, so my story deals with uh, me getting my first horse. And then also at pretty much the same time, my uh, 18 month old son um, getting diagnosed with um, cancer, specifically cancer of the retina, so retinoblastoma. Um, and yeah, just kind of following how these two separate things <laughs> at the same time, but also like affecting, you know, both affecting my life. And they were also both teaching me lessons about uh, fear and how handling fear because I was having fear on both both things so they kind of just intertwined and it's a incredible story to read I know that it presents a lot of challenges for you and it's still very fresh this is not a story from 10 years in the past this is a current story that you're, you're yeah uh, you know you're living this reality still and so it's I'm really glad that you decided to share the point that you have and, uh, you know, we're, you're quite literally riding through it <laughs> yeah. as, as we speak. So what do you hope the readers of riding through it are left feeling after reading? I hope they can feel hope, but especially like maybe to realize that like fear doesn't have to run our lives. We are so much stronger than we think we can be, even faced with our worst our worst fears and stuff. When you read your story and you really get into like what's happening, you can see how that would be an emotion that leads most individuals, but you do a great job of really showing how you work through that in both areas. And uh, I guess lastly, so I don't have to keep you too long for your little 
Why did you say yes to this book project? Well, I had seen your call out on Informed Equestrian's Instagram page. And I've always, um, when I was a kid, I used to dream about being an author. And I used to write stories and all that kind of stuff. And I haven't written anything like years. And then just around that time, I actually had come up with an idea for a kid's book about kids and ponies. And I was starting to write it. So then when I saw your thing come up, I was just like, hey, maybe this is a way to like step into like potentially realizing these long forgotten dreams of being an author. Um, so I've applied and I was like, well, if it's meant to happen, I'll get chosen. If not, it doesn't hurt to try. So yeah. uh, tell us who we were hearing in the background. We're hearing um, my two-year-old son, Carson, and then my four-year-old daughter, Ashley, is also in the background there. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we are very grateful that you said yes to writing along with us. And uh, it has been fantastic to get to know you. And I can't wait for everybody to read your story. And we're seeing people's books get in their hands now, which is very exciting. Thank you very much for joining me and go and take care of your little. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right. We'll talk soon, Teresa. Okay. Sounds good. Well, that concludes our author interviews of Riding Through It. And I hope that these little interviews were able to just shed some light on the lives of the amazing women who shared their stories in this book. And I hope that it gets you curious about the rest of their stories and that, you know, something within their stories resonates with you. And if it does, and you do choose to pick up a copy of Riding Through It, and it resonates even more deeply with you, then all I ask of you is to share this book with someone you love, who you think it can help. And I don't mean tell them to go buy it, even if you just continually share the copy that you have purchased yourself or that you were given from somebody else. And I know this book is going to land in the hands of the people who need to read it most, especially if it is recommended by those who know them and love them. Okay, so last thing about writing through it for now is that I have to share with you that this book has been sitting at number one in three different categories for or on amazon.ca for over a week. And that is just mind boggling to me. I am floored by this and I am just so grateful for everyone. So really exciting that we get to say that our book is an Amazon bestseller. So amazing and exciting. I have another piece of very exciting news for you, but I'm going to share that after I speak about the thing that I said is very close to my heart. And I hope that this is going to help you not only help you with your horse life, with working with your horse, but also just as an equestrian overall, but your life in general. What I'm about to speak to you about has the potential to impact your life greatly. Okay, so as a horse person, you likely have heard of the terms draw and drive. 
And you can probably picture what that looks like when your horse is in an arena. So they have places that they're drawn to. Often it is other horses or a gate. It's somewhere that they have a desire to go because it means a release of pressure. It means they get to go somewhere that they enjoy because there's company or food or rest. Now, the other is drive. So drive is the thing they want to go away from. It is a pressure that causes them to move in the opposite direction. So I want to focus for now on draw. When we think about draws with our horses, oftentimes we're working to understand where our horses are drawn to and to actually work to eliminate those draws or to work through those draws so that our horse is less drawn to those places and more drawn to do or be where we want them to be in the arena or in the stable or in the pasture, wherever it is that we're working with them. Okay, so now that you have the idea of draw in your head and you have a visual of what it looks like and feels like with your horse, I want you to now think about what a draw is for you. What does it feel like for you when you're drawn to something, when you're drawn to certain people, when you're drawn to certain projects, when you're drawn to jobs, conversations, music, art, whatever it is that creates a pull for you in the direction of something that you like. What I encourage you now is to start to feel into what that actually feels like in your body so that you can start to tune into that feeling, understanding that this is a practice in increasing your self-awareness. Now, there are a couple things here to unpack. One is that Oftentimes, we feel a draw towards something, whether that be going out dancing and singing in the car at the top of our lungs, or we feel drawn to say yes to something, and then something else shuts that feeling down. And whether that be our inner voice, our fear of judgment, or something, doubt, personal doubt, may creep in and snuff out that that feeling of wanting to do something or to be somewhere or to try something. Because we have a tendency to shut ourselves down due to our fears of judgment, etc., we actually start to desensitize, in a way, ourselves to our own draws or we convince ourselves that things are just silly or that we don't want to embarrass ourselves. So we stop ourselves from going in the direction of the things that we truly desire. Now, I'm not saying here that everything that you all of a sudden feel drawn to is something that you should be running towards and and automatically saying yes to. Remember, this is a practice in self-awareness. So Right now, I would like you to just start to bring your awareness to the things you be, you feel drawn to and begin to start to question why you're feeling drawn to those things. Why is it do you feel a draw 
to go to the burn when a certain someone is there? Why do you feel a draw to go to a horse show? Why do you feel a draw to sing at the top of your lungs or to write a story or to write in your journal? Why do you feel a draw to set specific goals? The why is incredibly important, but the next step in this is to ask, is what you're drawn to supportive of the person or life that you want to become or have? If the answer is no, I'm feeling drawn to things that are not going to bring me in the direction that I want to go. I'm feeling drawn to people who I am, I find it really easy to vent to them or I feel drawn to spending more and more time to numb out on social media or food or alcohol or crappy conversations. If this is the case, then this offers a place of personal reflection where you can start to ask yourself, why am I feeling drawn to these things? Are these things that make me feel safe? Is it so familiar feeling that even though it doesn't necessarily equal growth for me and it doesn't lead me to where I want to go, it feels safe. That might be your indication that you are forcing yourself to continue to to play small and you are comfortable being drawn and saying yes to the devil you know versus the devil you don't in the devil you don't is essentially just change. Now, if you notice that the things you're drawn to right now absolutely align with the person you want to become or the person that you're uncovering as you're growing personally, then that's amazing. If that's the case, you can lean into those feelings more often and start to assess them and look at what would happen if I said yes to this draw? What would happen if I decided to just go for it? What is my body trying to tell me here? Okay, and now lastly to do with focusing in on what we're drawn to. This is an important piece of this because oftentimes when we start to recognize the things that we're feeling drawn to do or the people we're feeling drawn to be with or the experiences we're feeling drawn to take part in, the excitement recognizing that that yes is powerful, that draw is powerful, and we now we just want to go and do the things, we then are at risk of losing our feel. The feeling of the draw becomes so overpowering that we have a tendency to actually blow through the feel and it creates an an overwhelming situation where all of a sudden the thing we were drawn to and what we thought it was going to become is it actually creates more pressure and it creates an overwhelm that we weren't necessarily ready for. So my advice in this is as you tune into those feelings of being drawn to different areas in your life, 
I want you to do so while half halting a little bit and maintaining feel through the whole process and not rushing yourself into saying yes to all of the things, but really slowing yourself down, asking yourself why, assessing whether these draws are bringing you in the direction of your past or your future, and whether they align with who you want to become or who you are currently and are just uncovering, and to recognize that it's not a race. And that as soon as you discover that you are able to say yes and that these draws are there for a reason, it doesn't mean that you need to step on the gas pedal. It just means that you need to continue moving at a pace that you feel comfortable and you are able to process with ease. Recently, I experienced something that was very high energy. The draw was enormous. It was an opportunity that was somewhat placed in our lap. Now, I know that, you know, I've spoken about the fact that things don't necessarily get placed in your lap. You work for them. But this specific opportunity really does feel like it was placed in our lap. So Nadine and I were presented with an opportunity to go to Vegas in 2022, in February, to a symposium put on by Andrea Fapani, Nick Dowers, and Sean Flerda. We've been offered tickets to go to this event, and we'll be running a contest for our listeners of Canada Horse Podcast and our supporters of Informed Equestrian to be able to go to this event as well. And I'm telling you, when we started digging deeper into what the Along for the Ride Symposium was, we were floored. It aligns with every value that we have. It aligns with the direction we're looking to go with our horses. And we were absolutely pumped. Now, I feel like we could have very easily blown through the feel in this situation to have it all become extremely overwhelming. And I'm quite proud of both Nadine and I for navigating the situation by really just half halting throughout it and asking the right questions of ourselves and the people who we're in touch with to navigate the last couple of weeks with ease, a little bit of a sense of urgency, as well as maintaining our scope in order to not just become engulfed by the whole entire energy of the situation so that really I guess that's my news I just shared you my shared my news with you uh is that Nadine and I will be heading to Vegas and this truly is an amazing opportunity and we can't wait to continue to share with you as we find out more details about what it entails and what we can offer our listeners heading into the event Okay, so to finish off this episode, I want to share a very large thank you with you. And it's hard to believe that the next time I speak to you, it will be in 2022. This year has gone by so quickly, and it really has been an amazing year for so many reasons. I hope that you are well, and I hope that you have 
time built into your schedule over the next few weeks in the holiday season for some relaxing, for some family time, for some pony time, for some you time. Thank you for taking the time each week to listen to the Take the Reins podcast. Last month alone, my downloads were over 21,000 and that is that is beyond what I dreamed for for this podcast and it just tells me that we are like-minded. There are people who understand the connection between our personal growth and our horsemanship and have the desire to do more and be more. And honestly, I think the horses are the why for the majority of us. And I think that that is what makes it so special. So thank you for listening. And I wish you all of the best heading into the new year and all the love during the holiday season. I will speak to you again January 3rd of 2022 on the Take the Reins podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Mm-hmm.